1: Welcome to the Raw Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture. Joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture to review everything that happened on last night's episode of Monday Night Raw. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review Raw but also SmackDown, NXT, AEW Dynamite, AEW Rampage, pay-per-views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a league quiz, of course, on wrestling. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick, Michael Hamlet, enjoying a well-earned week off to talk about Monday Night Raw, and I suppose, Sid, all good things must come to an end in terms of a great wrestling weekend.
0: Yeah, uh, but the the best thing about Raw is when something goes horribly drastically wrong, and unfortunately for Karrion Cross, it did for him tonight or last night, and that put me in a good schadenfreude mood. Mm. Uh, like, mere weeks or mere a week after the mm. return of fans it's like I oh, just go to the Thunderdome you might as well um it's cheaper you've already built the bloody thing and the fans make more noise when they are piped in ambient sounds rather than these dead crowds and I don't blame the dead crowds I blame a dead product but fans were up for some of this and carrying cross should yield some jokes so there should be a Better and more
1: spirited tone for the podcast than in previous weeks. Life comes at you fast, doesn't it? You think back to when it was like, you know, Karen Cross just dominating NXT, smashing through everyone, and then <laughs> and then he loses the NXT championship. Prior to losing it when he walks out, there's chance about like, I think it was like where's Scarlet or We Want Scarlet or something like that as he's making his entrance. He loses. We all know kind of why he's losing. <laughs> he gets the nana 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 hey hey goodbye in the words of jr song and then he turns up to raw and they're like right welcome to the main roster proper we want to dress you up as i don't know what did you get from this because i genuinely i feel like we could spend the entire pod comparing him to outfits like uh knockoff demolition shredder <laughs> the mean a bit in dodgeball where average Joes get their clothes mixed up with a gimp shop.
0: I mean, I'm not being funny, right? But let's call this what it is. He looks like a gimp.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> How on earth could they pick that outfit on his behalf? And that's the thing. Karrion Cross is like a bit of a lame guy. We will skip this when it happens because we're just going to talk about it now. Karen Cross is kind of like a lame guy. He reaches very hard and very from far away to touch that elusive, I'm a badass button. And he, for me, hasn't hit it. He kind of invites derision, does Karrion Cross? So I just love how WWE went, right, you know this guy that people kind of laugh at because it's all a bit OTT? Should we make him look even funnier? Yeah, let's do that. I mean... I don't know whether it's his choice because he kind of is that guy who might think that looks cool, or it's probably theirs. They will tinker with and impose upon NXT talents because it's never been fit for purpose as this like pipeline to the main roster. So they've thought, right? He's kind of laid an egg on main event. How do we make him interesting? Okay, we could get away from that entrance. Okay. Uh, What else? Well, he just looks like it. Just a guy, doesn't he? He looks very generic. Man, gimp him up. How do they not know he looks like a gimp? How do they not know that outfit he wore fell apart as he was working in yeah. it? I think Vince's idea of like a badass, because he's reverting to a childlike state. He is reverting back to larger than life characters. And he's just some little bubble in his brain thinks demolition. I remember them. You can't remember last week, but you remember Demolition. That's good. And, uh, yeah, Karrion Cross looked pitiful. I feel sorry for him. Mm. Like, uh, he likes some weird things on Instagram, (laughs) but at the same time he's a human being, and he just looks lamentable out there in that get-up. He's a gimp. Just...
1: Like you say, uh, Andy pointed it out. Uh, I'm not like, shaming Vimps, I'm shaming Vince. Oh. He, his outfit fell apart in a two minute squash match. <laughs> he looks like a reject from, and I never thought I'd got to say this again. It's me again! Like they went, nah, you're all right, Karrion. We've got enough, I think. Cause we've got a paper plate, here. We've already got one of them, so.
0: It's just unbelievable. And I look forward to, um I've got a bit of breaking news. A source okay. has uh, DM'd me on Twitter to let me know, um, confidentially but on the record, um, that he's going to get a new ring announce, uh, a new ring entrance, like a ring announcement gimmick okay. next week. So instead of Mike Rome saying, hailing from Sin City, Two hundred and sixty pounds. It's carry and cross. That's getting changed. Mm. They're doing a lot of changes. Like they're getting rid of Scarlet. He's become a Gimp now, um, or he's in Demolition. So he's got a new uh, exclusive scoop. He's getting a new um, ring announcement next week. Bring out the Gimp. <laughs> so that's all he's getting. Gimp. Gimp. Is that any less like you know? Is that any less ridiculous right. than or like insulting than the Hardy chance? I mean it is absolutely they've killed him mm. several times. It is quite uh, funny and it's like it's I just love a raw when their staggering incompetence doesn't feel like normalized. Mm. Like when they do something that's legitimately even by all standards, that's ridiculous. It's just uh, funny. It really is funny. And, you know, it's not funny because he enjoys being a masochist or he looks like someone who enjoys being a masochist. Look, as long as you're not hurting anyone, as long as you have consent, And as long as they are the same species and above age, do what you want. Mm. I could not possibly care, but it's the dissonance between how hard they think he looks and how much of a gimp he actually looks. That is the source of our amusement, not shaming anyone.
1: As I said on Twitter, Adam Cole sat there going, I don't know, a lot of money, and they they are allowing me to keep my Twitch stuff despite everything. Maybe just what's that? Is that that's former NXT champion and a man who's definitely taller than me? Yeah, you're right, Cody, mate. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, yeah. i see you on Wednesday. Bye bye. It's just ridiculous. Anyway, let's let's run through this show because uh, it was an eventful one, to say the least. Not only for Carry and Cross. Uh, the show started with WWE Champion, but actually, the show started with a massive recap of SummerSlam. Then Bobby Lashley and MVP came out, and they go time for another video recap, I think. It's been a minute of live television, so they immediately <laughs> recap Lashley versus Goldberg. Honestly, I think, I said this to Adam this morning, I tried to be professional and do my job. You know that, Sige. But I also, I'm not going to sit there Make and, the and
0: noises watch... noises and impressions.
1: Yeah, yeah. I also am not going to sit there and watch three hours of Monday Night Raw on a Tuesday morning after that sodding weekend that just just been through. There's a chance <laughs> That I spent more time watching Rampage than watching Monday Night Raw because I was watching this on double speed. And then for this, I was like, video package, I've seen this. Bah, 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 bah. Get to the next bit. Anyway, so uh, MVP and Lashley are out there. MVP cuts a promo saying Goldberg's a worthy challenger. Well, he didn't know he needed need his stupid son Gage, basically. Maybe Goldberg needed extra confidence or a distraction. He said, look, he did look impressive. Lashley didn't agree with that, but he's like, yeah, fair enough. Um, but Lashley got angry, dominated Goldberg, and he Lashley was the only man to, to stop Goldberg to make him quit. MVP said he's a coward. The crowd chanted for Goldberg, and I thought, oh, when Bill comes out here, the roof's gonna come up this place and he's gonna wreck Lashley for what he did to his son. So MVP said, Look, Lashley retained his title, but then after that happened, he got attacked from behind by another coward, and he did to gauge what anyone. What he would have done to anyone who tried to jump him. And they didn't have to worry about that tonight because they were in San Diego and they're all cowards. And uh Lashley got on the mic and said, uh, anyone who thought Gage or Goldberg was owed an apology should go to hell. And I thought, here we go, we're gonna get there. Here we go, Goldberg. Channel. Damien Priest in the room. <laughs> <laughs> I love Damien Priest. This is not a shot of Damien Priest. We'll talk more about Goldberg in due course, though, because Priest comes out and says, uh, <laughs> "One of you calling a uh, Goldberg a coward? I know, it's you, the one who has attacked him after the match with the chair, of course, and he challenged Lashley to a singles match tonight and said, "If you don't accept, you're the cowards. So Lashley attacks him, Priest fights him up, sends him out of the ring. And MVP says, oh, you'll get your match next. It's official. Lashley just needs to change. So he storms backstage. He goes to an ad break. Presumably in gorilla. He just completely gets his kit off because by the time we come back, it's time for the match. But before we talk about the match, Sid, what do you make of this opening promo?
0: No, oh, Christ. I mean, I don't know what this is. If you're not going to present, you have to, you can't conceal the truth from the audience. the, Bloomers off that rose in terms of Goldberg after that dire, reckless, stupid performance at SummerSlam. You kind of have to intimate, he's thrashed. So you have to tell that story beat. And they told it by, you know, insinuating, you know, he's not very extraordinary anymore. This basically function, an MVP is such a good talker. Can you imagine if he had actual good stories to promote, promote, <laughs> That's what it is. He can't promote this. He wants to see Goldberg again. So his excellent delivery is all totally in vain. They are building a rematch. It's watching this just felt I just couldn't stop thinking about. Oh God, can imagine MVP and AW. And we will get on that imminently as well.
1: Uh so the match that we've waited this ad break for goes 90 seconds. <laughs> Lashley hits a flatliner, goes for a spear. Pe- a priest fights out of it, hits a clothesline, and Sheamus just comes in and immediately attacks him for the DQ. So those two are beating him down. McIntyre runs down to make the save. Uh, priest knocks Sheamus over the barricade. McIntyre suplexes Lashley on the floor and onto the announce table, and then we get the tag match. Of course, Damian Priest and Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley and Sheamus. Um, a lot of uh, priests in this match. Eventually, the heels gain control, start working him over, and he finally breaks out, clothesline Sheamus and gets that huge hot tag to Drew McIntyre, who comes in, gives uh, Lashley overhead suplexes and a neck breaker. McIntyre sets up the claim orders the whole countdown, but Sheamus distracts him. That allows Lashley to hit him with a choke slam, but as uh, Lashley charges at him, McIntyre dodges it, and Lashley sends himself into the post. Sheamus comes in at that point, hits uh, McIntyre with a white noise off the ropes for a a nice near fall. Uh, But McIntyre ducks a bro kick, brings in Damian Priest, uh, who uh, knocks down Sheamus, knocks Lashley off the apron, and Lashley decides, you know what, bollocks this, walks out. Uh, Sheamus can't believe what he's seeing. Um, Sheamus gets nailed with a knee strike by Priest as all this is happening. He tags in McIntyre. Claymore, one, two, three.
0: But where to start with this, what was planned for segment two? Mm-hmm. Why is the writing on this television show the most fundamentally awful ever produced on a nationally televised platform? Oh, my God. Uh, two more things. One, the match was solid. There were some fun spots. WWE fans like to watch large men throw each other around because they have been conditioned throughout their median 55-year-old lifetimes. <laughs> so this got a reaction. Some of the work was quite fun to see. I'm a big fan of the beef, the slapping, etc. It was solid. But like I just don't know how people can possibly care or rave about or continue to persist with solid, not particularly memorable wrestling that follows just ridiculous contrivance on top of ridiculous contrivance on top of intelligence insulting booking. Like Here's the thing, man. Nothing means anything in this company, and it's the reason why it's segments like this. You've got a match between your United States and WWE Champion. These are like two of your top boys, and you don't even bother to promote it. You don't even bother to give it a finish. It, for all intents and purposes, does not matter. Like These titles mean nothing. The idea of Champions colliding and being in big matches means less than nothing. If you're not promoting it, I can't possibly invest in it. And AEW is so useful. Not only is it great and a nice little thing to watch every Wednesday and Friday and four Saturdays or Sundays of every year, it's also a great tool with which to bury how rotten this television is. Can you imagine Adam Wilburne with how protected in the booking and how much of a star and a winner he is booked to be Kenny Omega. Can you imagine him having a match with Miro? That's a monster of a match. Mm. That would get loads of build. It would create a bit of anxiety on my behalf. Like what would they do with the titles? What would the finish be? But it would be, all all of that conversation would be directed towards it. There'll be loads of hype about what match it could be. All of this is irrelevant because they wouldn't do it because they're two different champions. And they occupy different positions of the card. They are kept separate from one another. They each do different roles and they are entirely different heel characters. Even if there was a face world or a face TNT and a heel world or a heel TNT champion, the two paths wouldn't meet because you want to preserve your aura of two champions. So I'm watching Damian Priest versus Bobby Lashley. And I'm literally thinking, why have they booked this? No good can come of this. It lessens the prestige of the titles they both hold. And by the time I completed these thoughts, or nearly completed these thoughts, (laughs) the whole thing's finished. Seamus interferes. Like, I get what they are doing. They are trying to make you think that Damien Priest, A, is a big deal. B, has a set of bollocks on him. All of these things. Fundamentally, on principle, these ideas are not bad things, but in executing them, they just casually, accidentally, without any conscious thought whatsoever, make everything feel fake, normal, small time. What a little rubbish.
1: If, if WWE ran AEW, Fuego Del Sol would be elevated into a world title match after that match with Miro on. But my central question is here: Where the hell was Goldberg? Now I know. I know the answer. I know the answer. He's he's gonna go away. They're gonna do extreme rules, and then they're gonna go. Oh, time for the Saudi show! Here comes Goldberg, and now he's angry about his son. But like I said on the previous, he's furious. He's tapped his what sixteen-year-old I think son Gage. Laid him out regardless of whether he knew it was him or not. He can't wait to get my hands on Bobby Lashley next month.
0: He didn't get paid enough to do, he could have just done a video message, he could have appeared live via satellite quotation marks, and they could have framed it as if it was live. Obviously, they would have to be careful about how to interact with this pre-recorded video, but MVP's a goddamn pro. He could have done it adequately. And he still could have done this bollocks with Damien Priest if he wanted to. Don't know why he would. Um, and have Goldberg say, I want nothing more in my life at this very moment right now to spear you out of your boots, Lashley, for what you did to my son, my pride and joy. Now, if there was any sense of realistic storytelling and how your characters feel following the events that were scripted, you would have Goldberg do something, anything. Yes, we know his knee's battered. Do it by a video call and say, I'm going to rehab this knee harder than any injury I've ever had. I'm coming for you after the events of SummerSlam. Like, how easy is it to say, Bill, we know you've done your match. We know you've done your promo. Uh, We need you to do um, a 30-second to one-minute promo. He has like $100,000. If you, if you must have it. Yeah, yeah, I need it. It's work. Great. Have it. Make the storylines make sense. Uh, Goldberg got mild chance in that arena. He was buried. He was booed out of the Allegiant stadium. Like this story thread or the one they didn't tell is the kind of thing that just makes him look like an arsehole mercenary. I'll care about my son when I turn up in Saudi. Like people care about this kind of stuff. And these little things just gradually, insidiously dent his aura. I don't care about my son yet. I haven't got blood money. I need my blood money to care about my son. Like, how, what a baby face that is. <laughs> I don't care. I don't know why I'm raising my voice. It's just about I don't really care. And that's yeah. the problem. No one cares about any of this drivel. Uh,
1: we go backstage for an interview with Drapper <laughs> <laughs> Who uh, says uh, she made a mistake aligning herself with Eva Marie. Yeah. I mean, we got that on week one, but still. Uh, he said, Eve Marie helped her get in the door, but she wasn't there to be her doormat. Nice writing, guys. I bet you really liked that one, didn't you? Uh, and they said, uh, uh, she said, Eve Marie tried humiliating me by giving me the name Drop, but I like it. I'm keeping that name. Drop's going to drop Eva Marie. At that moment, Eve Marie shows up and kicks the crap out of her, shoves her into an equipment box, slams her head against it. And uh, Eva Marie says, that was the evolution. Walks off. Doodrop says, bitch. Which was great, that line to be fair. But
0: you look a good bitch, don't you?
1: Yeah, but <laughs> me and Andy were saying this. That's literally, can I copy your shorty G homework? Yeah, you know the bit where you say, like, oh, he gave me this name because he thought he was taking the piss, but uh, I quite like it. I'm keeping it. Because no one has ever gone doodrop. Like, that's grown on me, you know that. What a load of bollocks! It's just total rubbish. Like everyone,
0: sadly, because parents across the world fail their children, everyone's been bullied at some point in their lives. And it's the sort of thing where you go, Mom, um, some kids are being nasty to me at school, uh, they're calling me a dickweed. <laughs> they say, Dickweed, 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 and your mom, bless her, goes, You know what you have to do. You just have to show them that you don't care and if they think you don't care because they enjoy making you feel sad if you say you don't feel sad and um, what you should do is just tell them that you don't feel sad and for them not to bother so you should go into school young man and say you know what i am a dickweed doesn't work that no because you go, yeah, yeah yeah guess what guys i am a dickweed and that's gonna go. Ha <laughs> ha! said he's a dickweed. Ha ha ha! a dickweed, even admits it, man. Just nonsense. That, by the way, is what the worst people from where I'm from sound like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a dickweed, and I'm not kidding. That's legitimately what they sound like.
1: Yeah, I just hate that. You know, you thought this name was gonna make me seem stupid, but. uh. Yeah, Piper Niven. Nah, I don't like that. I like, I mean, I do like it. it. Where does it end? Shorty G, yeah, that'll be shorty G. I'm gonna own it. (laughs) Yeah, do you drop?
0: I'm gonna own it. Hey, face, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I don't call myself face. That'll show them. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, if you take it to the logical extreme. You realise it's a stupid thing to get a baby face over with.
1: Having said that, please never change the name of uh, Old Rap.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) I don't know why you're Andrew Dice Clay now, but you
1: are. (laughs) What came next? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Knock-off Demolition versus Ricochet. Skip. Poor Ricochet. We're not skipping it because it, we've done everything we could say about this. Ian with Saito suplex submitted him with a cross jacket and looked like a twat whilst doing it, basically. He didn't do the carrion cross. He didn't do that anymore. Do you notice? Yeah. Wasn't DJ Carrying? <laughs> Um, There was a clip from backstage at SummerSlam following this with Logan <laughs> logo like, calling. Logan Paul calling, calling Baron Corbin an arsehole. Oh, okay. Also, Baron Corbin is on fire at the moment. If you're not following him on Twitter, he's having, or the, on Smackdown. Time of, the, he's having the time of his life in Las Vegas. I, I'm genuinely looking forward to the follow-up for this on on, uh, on SmackDown this week, because I think he's the story is he's on a roll in Las Vegas, basically. The last video I saw, he was like, I'm in the presidential suite, baby! So it's all going to go horribly wrong. And they're actually doing some good stuff with him. Um, so we're about, I don't know, an hour into Monday Night Raw. Time for a recap of the tag match that happened 10 minutes ago, I think. That's what happened. And then, because, uh, you know, we're all goldfish. And then Sheamus storms into Bobby Lashley saying, oh, what was all that about, basically? And they have an argument. Blue accent. Hey, fella, what was all that about? <laughs> Again, argument. MVP tells Sheamus to back off, and then later on in the night, it's announced that we're getting. I mean, it's a different match. We're getting Sheamus versus Bobby Lashley next week. <laughs> I just shrugged. It probably got the beat Dunne shrug. Yeah, yeah. You want new matches? There you go. It's your problem. They're both heels. Who do I support in this match? We can't have everything, <laughs> right? Uh, instead, what we got next? Oh, speaking of who's the baby face, Moist TV with special guest Logan Paul. This brief. was amazing in terms of they almost accidentally turned them his baby face in amongst all this. So, Morrison brings out Logan Paul, who gets mercilessly booed by the San Diego crowd. Hey, hey, San Diego, you all right? you all right. Um, he tries to like say, come on guys, I like wrestling, I like WWE, I love you. Didn't care. Just boo, get out of my ring sort of thing. I I got bored and couldn't be asked to write down all the water references. But there was a lot of water references and then the Miz interrupts. He comes out and he says, John, you forgot to introduce me. You know, I'm Logan Paul's favorite. Logan Paul did have a good line when he was like, kind of prefer the New Day if I'm honest. Um, So they go back and forth. He tries to talk about his boxing. 0-2 in boxing, just to remind everyone here. He's never won a boxing match, Logan Paul. He fought KSI and lost. And he fought Floyd Mayweather and did a good job, but definitely lost. Uh, The crowd just just still boo throughout all this. They chant, you suck. And The Miz, because Logan's trying to promote his brother's fight with Tyron Woodley this weekend. The Miz goes, (laughs) "What rounds, Jake Paul getting knocked out in. Huge pact. Everyone suddenly loves the Miz, and they're like, "Oh no, ever we thought everyone was going to back Logan Paul in all this." Um, Logan says, uh, "Actually, uh, oh great comeback! Uh, what what round your brother's going to get knocked out in? <laughs> uh, Actually, he's going to be on knocking someone out. Brilliant, <laughs> really nailed that comeback there. Uh, and uh, and then he said, oh, "If you ask another question like that, you're going to be getting knocked out as well." When have you knocked anyone out, Logan Paul? But okay. So Miss says, "Get out of my face," and I'm like, "Sorry, who's who am I supporting in this right now?" So Morrison flips his lid and says, Miz, stop being so selfish. You're making everything about you." They start bickering. Logan Paul's like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna get out of here whilst you two are just arguing." Uh, and Miss says, "You should be thanking me for getting you on Moist TV. as a spin-off of Miss TV." Got a bloody global global media conglomerate now, apparently. And the creators of Miz TV, we bring you Moist TV. Anyway, they're still arguing and they go, oh, bloody old send someone, anyone, that, anyone out there that people actually like. So they send out Xavier Woods and we get a match between Xavier Woods and The Miz. I do like the bit where they wet the ground. And I know that it didn't work because... Miz was the one who got sent into the stairs, but I do like it. They wet all the ground. Morrison wets all the ground with the drip sticks. And uh, Miz goes to slide Xavier Woods into the steps when he gets reversed. And uh, Miz is the one who gets sent into the steps. Later on in the match, uh, Woods fights back. It's a flip dive and a flying crossbody for a two count on Miz. Miz hits a DDT, sets up for his finish of the school crushing finale. And Morrison jumps up and tries to spray Woods with the dripstick. But they both duck it. Miz uses a roll-up, but this has distracted the referee. So he has Xavier Woods rolled up for like a six count, basically. But by the time the ref turns around, Xavier Woods reverses it. Miz is the one who gets surprise roll-up again. And one, two, three, Xavier Woods wins. The baby face rolls out onto the floor because, yes, Michael Sidgwick, he's stolen one. And Morrison apologizes to the Miz. Miz says, don't worry, he's fine. Let's spray the crowd with a dripstick. Send the fans home happy. But as Morrison turns his back, Miz attacks him. He turns on John Morrison, beats him down, hits him with the school-crushing finale. And to be fair, this gets a big reaction from the crowd. There's even a why, Miz, why chant. Miz and Morrison are no more. Hey, hey, oh, no, my <laughs> Thank Christ that that's over. Thank Christ that
0: so much of this is over. And actually got over as well. Um, this is long, so my thoughts will probably be long and rambling. Apologies in advance. The mega fans know how I operate. It's fine. Um, they receive me as a stream of consciousness, beat poured extraordinaire, so they'll be absolutely happy with it. <laughs> um, right. It says literally everything that needs to be said, about world wrestling entertainment that they think Logan Paul is a baby face mm-hmm. about their value system, about everything that has been told to you by critics like myself, by people who would really know like CM Punk, John Moxley about how rotten this company is at its core in terms of its values, in terms of the people who run it, in terms of the culture, Logan Paul He's a babyface. He's a celebrity. He's an aspirational figure. He's a knob. Everyone knows this, except (laughs) them because they themselves are knobs. They identify with the knob head that is Logan Paul. I was honestly impressed with the WWE universe, guys. He did a good job doing them. I genuinely think most of your dicks. And maybe it's just a sample of total dickhead diehards on Twitter. They tell you to touch grass. (laughs) Yeah, so. Let me touch some grass and get some bitches. I love it. Like they are writing out these tweets. Get y'all some bitches, touch some titties. They are writing these tweets. Not, you know, in their house or like in their apartment, their apartment. They are writing these tweets in the VIP the VIP section of the club, surrounded by a load of big titty women <laughs> popping champagne. Wait a minute, my bitches, right? Plural, get some bitches. So, for me to grasp this and for them to have a credible argument here, they are just scrolling Twitter in the club. <laughs> Look at this Sidgwick asshole. <laughs> tell, them to, tell them to do what I'm doing. Pop some champagne with some bitches. Press send, party with the bitches. You're not doing. This don't tell I'm married, I'm married. I go to form, I'm not saving my wife's a bitch, but you know, I did get married, which is kind of what you're inferring implying. God damn it, yeah. but I was impressed with them for people, like Logan Paul, because we yeah. are human beings. And I'm telling you, like, most of us sound. I met so many sound WWE fans at WrestleMania 35. I should tell this people, I should tell people this more often instead of calling them all mutants. I met so many sound people at WrestleMania 35, they're engaging in the patter about oh, who's going to win. So there's that young lad with the Kofi Kingston t shirt. And because like there's a nice sense of community around wrestling fans who aren't on Twitter who aren't dickheads, I had a Daniel Bryan t shirt under my coat. Unzipped it and went, Daniel Bryan's going to win. And he's like, Ah, Kofi Kingston's going to win. And like the dad was trying to take a picture of him, the kid. And I was like, I'll take a picture of you because it was like an awkward angle amid a sea mm, of people. Yeah. And you just have a nice time with actual yeah. WWE fans who aren't total knobs. And they weren't total knobs in this arena uh, tonight. Good to see that soul of a human being get booed. Uh, Xavier Woods versus The Miz was like just a ridiculous content match. Like The Miz took the advantage when Xavier Woods like made strategic errors in the match. Mm-hmm. Here's an idea, right? Book him to be a chicken heel. <laughs> get him some heat. The fans did get into it because they think Miz is a star. And there was a nice wet spot. Jesus Christ. That was our age. Um And look, my take on the breakup and how people received it, it got over, it puts an end to, like, this horrible, horrible, ha-ha comedy. But one thing I'll say before we move on very quickly is that somewhere along the way, WWE has executed a masterstroke. They really, really have. Where instead of inadvertently making their top baby faces Look like total geeks. Seth Rollins doing his impression of Brock Lesnar in 2019. Drew McIntyre doing so much brave heart stuff that I killed him like earlier this year. They do this to every baby face. This masterstroke is well, what if we just deliberately present them as geeks? Riddle's a geek, a naive, endearing, childlike geek who sees the good in people. Johnny Drip Drip is this like total nerd guy who will, like, do gulp things in a, an attempt to get a gif and play with water guns. It's like, this is better. Like, fans actually respond mm. to total naive geek characters with comedic timing rather than you thinking that Seth Rollins is cool and he's actually a geek. They've stumbled upon something, I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, I'm not genuinely joking. Like, they can't do badasses. No. They can't do cool guys. With Riddle and John Morrison, they kind of create a new archetype for a babyface going forward, and it suits them down to the ground. WWE. I I genuinely am full of praise. I'm losing my mind. Let's move on.
1: (laughs) Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over five million users and has helped save its members an average of seven hundred and twenty dollars a year, with over five hundred million dollars in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to RocketMoney.com/wrestling. That's RocketMoney.com/wrestling. RocketMoney.com slash wrestling well we continue with another caricature as, as you say Nikki A.S.H uh, they showed oh Christ her,
0: I'll take it all back
1: <laughs> they showed her backstage approaching Rhea Ripley when she arrived uh, asking her to be a tag partner against Nia Jackson and Shayna Baszler good job she said yes because they'd already advertised this uh, and Rhea Ripley said uh, yeah you know what beating up Nia Jackson and Shayna Baszler would lift my spirit so I'll, I'll do that anything you want to say no. No. Uh, and we go to the park where Reginald's... <laughs> Reginald's... Talk- I, I honestly... I watched this. I watched every second of this. On double speed? On double speed, yeah. But even so, I still watched it. I still took it in. And if you'd have put a gun to my head immediately after this segment and say, what was Reginald talking about there? About getting free ice cream? I wouldn't have been able to tell you. Oh, not a clue. He talked about... Hey, when I was younger, I used to go to the park and I couldn't afford ice cream or something. But then I, I don't know. I, I, do you know what? I'll just make it up. I did a backflip and they went, all the ice cream you want! Basically, in the midst of all this, our truth and the courage are dressed as a bush and I've been again and he flips out of the and gets away from him. and they do their you thing. It's something 24-7 related at least, I suppose.
0: <laughs> it's rubbish, man. <laughs> I love Reginald, man. Reggie, it's class. He's like, the book him to be more spectacular than Ricochet. And he's a (laughs) 24-7 division. And Ricochet is somehow worse. It's class. Um, This didn't do it for me. A rare miss from Reginald.
1: Okay, we're backstage with the Raw Tag Team Champions who are, let me just check my notes, Riddle and Randy. (laughs) Um, Riddle rolls up to him. Horton doesn't want a hug. That was a one-time thing by the sounds of it. Riddle cannot wait. He's not the only one for their celebration later. Horton says, I'm not really big on celebrations, if I'm perfectly honest, which, yeah, LTST, he's not. Good, good stuff. Um, he said, you don't want to do anything stupid. That's the advice I'd give you. And Riddle went, trust me, bro. Would I do anything stupid? He's the biggest baby face on Monday Night Raw, isn't he? Because I adore him.
0: They love him. This is genuinely a good, funny line. Um, I'm telling you, man, deliberate geeks are the future to WWE success.
1: That was followed by Jinder Mahal walking out, and I thought, who on earth are they going to put him with after he just got wrecked by Drew McIntyre in four minutes? Turns out it was Mansoor. Mansoor came out. They showed a picture and picture of him saying to Mustafa Ali, "Don't get involved in my match. I want to do it the right way." Because of course Mustafa Ali helped him beat either. I can't. One of Mace or Tuba on uh, last week's show. I can't remember which one it was. So we got Mansoor versus Jinder Mahal. Skip. Thank goodness. Oh, thank God.
0: Skip means skip.
1: He got DQ. people can read, reca- they can read recaps. Is that bothered. I mean, this is an easy recap. He got he got DQ'd for King too much. Stronger than
0: the match.
1: Negates the point. Okay, right, I'll move on. Enough for that. It's now time for this. It's short, it's crap, it's wrestling related. The five-star review review. Nailed it. And this week's five-star review route is brought to you by Jimmy Pierce you want to suggest something short, crap and wrestling related for us to review, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on iTunes and leave us a five star review on there. Jimmy writes, hi, legends. Unfortunately, I don't use iTunes to leave a five star review, but I'd like to let yourself and the rest of the What Culture guys know how much I appreciate the effort you all go to to keep us informed and up to date in the ever, ever busier world of wrestling. Yes, Jimmy sent this review to me on my email, adam.wilborne at whatculture.com if you want to send it me that way if you haven't got iTunes. But try, try and get iTunes and leave us a five-star. Yeah, we need five, the algorithm.
0: Three. That's why we do this.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, the podcast has been a great source of entertainment and welcome distraction, especially over the last year. And I want to thank yourself and the Daily Boys for keeping it up no matter how awful Raw gets. If I could suggest a five-star review review, I highly recommend Vincent Shane going to church in 2006 ahead of their backlash tag team match against Shawn Michaels and God himself. Keep up the great work and stay safe, Jimmy Pierce. Jimmy, thank you so much for that suggested review. Genuinely, you and I were shocked talking about this in the office yesterday that we haven't already reviewed this.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's an iconic segment. It's short wrestling related, but I would put forward the thesis that it is not crap. Mr. McMahon was not good in the 2000s at all um, with no genuinely great protagonist to play off with this sort of cartoonish elements overwhelmed the Mr. McMahon character as these things often do in pro wrestling he just became this like really awful bloke throughout 2002 2003 2004 like just a uh, cruel not particularly funny like grabby, controversial figure. But he had two blinder years in 2006 and 2007. The do-like stuff was immortal. The way he sold getting his head shaved was immortal. And all the God stuff in 2006 was just absolutely tremendous. Um, I'm not the encyclopedia that is Michael Hamlet. I think I went dark on my wrestling fandom during 2006. I've subsequently revisited it because I'm... Um, well, I was... um. Getting defeated by Carrion Cross. No, sorry, I was uh, taking a job from Carrion Cross on this evidence because I am Gimp. For <laughs> this, uh, basically, they had a rivalry, did uh, Vincent and Sean, and they had a match at WrestleMania 22. Um, and it all stemmed, if you can cast your mind back, from the Montreal screw job. And that formed the feud. But then they took a more interesting route um, in 2006 when, in an age, the court ruthless aggression, the attitude era in reality lasted about eight years until it turned PG. So it was all the same format, the same shock factor stuff. Um, so they thought, right, okay, how can we be offensive about this? Well, Shawn Michaels likes God. White is like God? Saved his life. That or he's a carny, one of the two. Um, right, okay. Well, let's just do blasphemy stuff. We haven't really done enough of that. And that's how you arrived at this storyline.
1: So Vince and Shane walk into a church. Shane <laughs> ominously says, sure, this is a good idea. <laughs> and Vince says, yeah, yeah, I've never been in a place like this before. Hey, I like the colour of the windows. Already knew you were in for a good day. Um, he, uh, he says, I'm looking for Shawn Michaels as a tag team partner. And I've been told I'll find him right here. And there's a sign-in sheet. And he says, uh, I think you got to check us in or something. And uh, there's a donation box. Vince pulls out a card. Shane says, It's cash only. And Vince already just chefs kiss. Cash only? What kind of outfit are they running here? <laughs> they walk through. There's holy water. And Vince <laughs> goes, Vince goes, uh, Guess this is where you got to wash your hands. Shane, like, what the hell are you doing? No, no, that's not it. Don't do that. Okay, holy water, got it. Hey Shane, what's this? Who am I? Slurps up some holy water. (laughs) Does the pose? Does the little look? Does the Triple H water spear? He goes all over him. I did like his his. I never understood how he manages to do that sort of thing. Uh, Shane's face is a picture as Vince swaggers past him and goes. Shane was
0: on great form. His cell of when it was when they announced the match. And that product of my semen, Shane McMahon's like, gives him the side eye. It's genuinely his shred of humanity compared to the moral void that is his father went such a long way. Too bloody long, obviously. Mm -hmm. But,
1: you know, it did. Uh, As he swaggers past Shane, he goes, pretty good, huh? (laughs) So they walk up to the altar uh, and Vince yells, God, are you there? It's me, Mr. McMahon. When you think about it, we've got a lot in common. You created the world. I created World Wrestling Entertainment. You created Adam and Eve. And I created Stone Cold Steve Austin, Hulk Hogan, people like that. The Rock, clearly not in his good books at this point. And he says, on the seventh day, you rested. I don't believe in a day off. I guess... (laughs) I guess I've got a stronger work ethic than God. He's not wrong, he says, you cast the devil into the depths of hell. But I cast down Ted Turner out of business. (laughs) (laughs) Human Ted Turner, he hates
0: Ted Turner. There's a Vince McMahon, I think it's 1999, he goes on, uh, Conan O'Brien and Conan O'Brien He's done his research or he's employed a team of people to do his research and he knows that you'll get some good content out of how much Vince Bookman absolutely hates Ted Turner with every bit of the soul he doesn't have. And uh, so Colonel O'Brien, uh, somewhere, somewhere, somewhere. Ted Turner. <laughs> uh, I don't hate Ted Turner. That I think he's a son of a bitch. And then Colonel O'Brien goes, "I did he know? And you know all about action figures. You've produced several of them in your time. And um, Ted Turner's got an uh, Ted Turner's got an action figure. And uh, Vince Van goes really. Um, does it come with a Nyquil that you can just take and take and take and take?
1: Jesus Christ! Let it go, Vince. Uh, and he says, "God, you've got your disciple, Shawn Michaels." And I've got mine. My son, Shane. And he thinks, I've not, I've not been blasphemous, blasphemous enough here. can to break out the Vince McMahon commandments, I think. Does that. Takes out this sheet of paper. Asks Shane to pass him the holy glasses. <laughs> Reads them out. He says, uh, I am the boss. And there are no other bosses before me. Thou shall not tell me to move on or take thy urine and douse it in my face. That comic timing on this is spectacular, by the way. Thou shalt not cross thy arms and yell, suck it! <laughs> <laughs> Thou shalt not take my disciple's face and shove it into my rectal cavity. Just... I shall not take a garbage can, shove it over my head and fall from a 30 foot ladder and try and take me out. Anyway, he says that uh, Shawn Michaels has broken all of his commandments and now he's going to face the backlash. He's going to face Vince's wrath and not even God can protect him. But he says, you know what? To show some compassion, I'm going to get my son Shane to recite a prayer and they wander over. Shane says, Lord is my shepherd, I will not want. As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, except Vince McMahon and his disciple. (laughs) Vince's tan, well-toned body, I mean, that supersedes that of a normal 60-year-old, and his mighty grapefruits produce the life-giving semen that spawned me. And he says, you know what, this is getting weird. It's getting weird, this dad. So they wander back over to the altar and Vince says he's going to release the apocalypse on Michaels at Backlash. He says, if I'm lying, may God strike me down as I stand here before you. Physical comedy on point here from Shane, who takes about two steps to his right just to make sure that's happening. I'm not going to be near it. Nothing happens. Of course, he's not struck down by God. And he says, it appears as though Shawn Michaels' tag team partner has forsaken him. Praise be the name of backlash And blessed be the name Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Thunder. Fade out. An all-timer segment, this.
0: Absolutely great. It's simply too hammy to get offended by. I mean, for Christ's sake, like, <laughs> Christ's sake. Look, to quote... Bill Gates, if you're offended by Wilborn and I having a laugh about this, just the faintest, silliest of blasphemy, forgive us. <laughs> I mean, it's genuinely good stuff, this. I understand why certain Americans, in Christ Almighty, like religious people, yeah, it, it's a big part of your lives, and you consider it sacred and like the whole foundation, cornerstone of your existence, and all the rest of it. I get why you'd be offended, but just don't. It's funny. It's funny. <laughs> the, yeah.
1: good, the good thing is, you know, he got his comeuppance a backlash, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Spirit Squad came out and kicked Sean Michaels' head in, and then they reunited DX. Everything was right in the world again. Uh, right, let's move on to the comment section. Uh, you say people shouldn't get offended. I've, I've cherry picked these comments, let's be perfectly honest, but these do not reflect the views of myself, the Dadley Boys, or anyone at What Culture Wrestling. <laughs> A lot of people in the comments have gone back to this recently, particularly about four months ago when uh, weather issues slightly affected WrestleMania, if you remember. Eric Locke writes <laughs> God getting his revenge by delaying mania, lol. <laughs> LTST? Mm hmm. Ted Skins 2000 writes, God is 0-1 all time in WWE. So much for being all powerful, Christians.
0: <laughs> Christine Carrion Cross has got a bit better win record than that now. Uh,
1: I'm going to give you a little game here, Siege, for this next comment. I don't know whether this is a religious person or not, but I don't think you will you will see where this is going. What the crap was WWE thinking? Vince McMahon seriously lost his mind with this. You don't play with the Bible and God. That's going too far. That's why. Dot dot dot. What's that sentence finishing? NXT's in the mud? No, that would make more sense. AEW formed and kicked WWE's ass in the Battle of Perception. Again, using far too much logic here. These are are hardcore WWE fans. What the crap was WWE thinking? Vince McMahon seriously lost his mind with this. You don't play with the Bible and God. It's going too far. That's why he's got cracked ribs now from Kevin Owens. (laughs) (laughs) Still real to me, damn it. Uh, final couple of comments here. I know you like a bit of fantasy booking. So I found this one for you from Gold Vader. The only way they could have saved this storyline is during the match when Vince tells God to get jiggy with it. Yes, that happened at Backlash. A lightning bolt hits the ring and the Titan Tron plays a video that says, I never wish to punish you for mocking me, but you will never compare yourself to me. Now I will show you the true power I have. Vince looks confused, and in my opinion, either one of these three people should come out as HBK's partner. The Undertaker, Cain, or Mordecai as a representation of God's power. <laughs> Mordecai is God. He was crap.
0: Well, everyone get this through their thick heads? Mordecai sucked. It's the most... Oh, my God, it's The Undertaker, except he wears white clothes, guys. The darkness and the light, it's absolutely genius. Rubbish. If it wasn't rubbish, he'd still be there.
1: I remember having to break my little nephew's heart at one point. He, he went through a phase of just, like, collecting every action figure he can find. But, they, you know, not made a bloody money, so his mum would often just buy them at, like, car boot sales or whatever, right? And he'd sometimes ask me who the people were. And his, like, favourite was, like, Sinkara. And he had all these others that he just, you know, collected. And they're all, you know, a mismatch of, you know, they released 20 different versions of these wrestlers. <laughs> and he got one out. And he went, look, look, it's Sting. And I was like, oh, cool, let's have a look. Kevin Thorne from ECW. <laughs> <laughs> Get in. I was like, oh, yeah, it's the interesting look at the sting of that one. <laughs> right, final comment here comes from Lance Storm. I don't think it's the real Lance Storm, but the, the, the final takes a turn message. It makes a valid point because, you know, normally they show these and they, like, do a bit of comedy and they go, oh, let's show someone going, ha, 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 in the crowds. Or half the time just checking their phone because they can't do this. Kevin Dunn's crap at his job. Lance Storm writes... I like how they don't randomly pan out to the crowd like they do now. It ruins everything. No one wants to see the fat ass crowd. The fat ass what? Crowd.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm saying no. I am saying no. No at all. I mean, I want to talk at the minute. Jesus Christ, lockdown is real.
1: So thank you to Jimmy Pierce for suggesting that one. If you want to suggest something short, grapple a wrestling raid for us to review instead of a god-awful Monday Night Raw segment, subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on iTunes and leave us a five-star review on there. Uh, right, after Mansour versus Jinder Mahal, we go to the back, and it's uh, Drew McIntyre and Damian Priest um, with a decent bit of comedy, actually. McIntyre is impressed that Priest already got showered and got ready and dressed and what have you, and Priest said, hey, champs have to look good. But he thanked McIntyre for coming out there and saving him and helping him. And uh, McIntyre's like, hey, I don't need any excuse to kick those two guys' heads in. Priest said, hey, me too. And i have won the US title, of course. So I I'm living a dream. And McIntyre said, let's go for pints. Priest said, all right. And they wandered off. I thought, oh, I'd love to go for pints with these two. That was just in a nice little segment, I thought.
0: It was nice, but I couldn't take anything they said seriously, because no one talks like that. <laughs> yeah, like, fair. On. Do we when we're in the office on certain days, or me and Murray, we go, hey, Murray, we produced some great content today. We worked really hard, and I was really impressed with your article. Let's get some pints after work. <laughs> and say, you hey, fancy a pint?
1: Yeah. <laughs> but we haven't got three hours to fill <laughs> <Let's> us <just try>. up. <laughs> We've got eight? Exactly. Nine, whatever it is. Uh, right. Charlotte Blair, the new Raw Women's Champion, comes oh, Skip. You can't, I'm afraid. She talks about being a 12-time champion. She runs through all the titles she's won. She said, uh, no other woman will come close to her legacy. She said, I don't need friends. I do not need family. (laughs) And I sure as hell don't need the WWE Universe, because all I need, I have right here. And she holds the title up. Fireworks go off, her music plays, and we move on. Oh, no, sorry. She just continued talking then at that point.
0: I couldn't believe this. I was furious.
1: She talked about her physique. She said, look, you guys here should be happy to be looking at me and enjoy it rather than the pint-sized former champion. She was here to restore order. She actually said, uh, I will uh, start the first ever women's evolution and I'm starting a new one tonight. Everyone should bow down to their queen. And then we got it, Sidge interrupted by the baby face that we all hoped for. The creepy schoolgirl with a doll, Alexa Bliss, comes out. She congratulates Charlotte and says, and I just wanted to say hi. And they stare at each other and they cut back and forth. And you go, well, I guess that's it. <laughs>
0: Well, like Lily hasn't got any heat anymore because she got bitch slapped by even Maria at SummerSlam. So how am I to take Lily seriously now? Good point. Uh, I've got nothing to say about the promo. Jesus Christ! It was every single Charlotte Flair promo you've ever heard done twice in the same segment. Like Lily needs to get a heat back. goddammit. Mm. Or I'll not be able to take the supernatural doll. Who murdered people by inhabiting the Zodiac Killer seriously anymore? The only thing i want to say about the promo, which was every Charlotte Flair promo you've ever heard, um, was I don't need my family anymore, Flair's going AW. <laughs> yeah. She should have just said, I'm saying that. Fuck off. That's what she should have said. But I just said the line. It's like, Jesus Christ, what a pathetic petty company this is. I can't stand any of them. I, know I don't that. need Richard Fleer <laughs> anymore. It
1: did help add to the drama of Cena versus Reigns because you're like, well, they're not going to beat Reigns. Although, it would be pretty petty, but it would take the title, or, you know, the record away from Fleer just in time. So did maybe it will. I know you're not. That. Put your
0: hands on Richard Fleer, idolized uh, Richard uh, Fleer. Uh,
1: He's in the mud. I know what you're thinking. Uh, I thought Nijax and Shane based the split. Well, they dealt with that. He went, we've had our problems in the past, but we're most dominant when we're together and we'll prove it tonight. Oh, that's, there you go. That's that dealt with then. Oh, fuck uh, another uh, vignette of Elias. Uh, he'd done the one where he burnt his guitar and he put a gravestone out with his name on it. And he said, uh, before he arrived, WWE stood for World Wrestling Entertainment. He con- conquered the entertainment part, but it was time to conquer the wrestling part and become a champion. He said, once I do that, I can conquer the world. And he put a hat on. <laughs>
0: Imagine if it was that easy. My career's in the mud. I'm not getting on the, uh, I'm not getting to the winner's purse anymore. I put a hat on. I'm, I'm, I'm going... To stop watching the show.
1: Oh, everything's all right again now. Right, let's see that dominant team. uh, We're going to prove it. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler taking on makeshift team. Nikki A.S.H. and Rhea Ripley.
0: Not makeshift. The team together last week, ahead of the match. SummerSlam in which they had a fight.
1: Did they win last week?
0: No. No. The women's former, women's former women's champion did two jobs on the go home show when yeah. she was the champion. Two mm-hmm. jobs on the
1: night. Uh, f- <laughs> Nia Jax is a distinct face again here, though. You've batted from me. So good stuff. Um, she's battering Nikki ASH, sends her into the corner, but Nikki kicks Baszler off the apron. Jax doesn't care, to be fair. Slams her down, goes for the Vader bomb. Uh, but Nikki kicks the leg out of a leg and uh, gets to Ripley, who makes the hot tag, comes in. Brazler comes in too. Northern Lights suplex from Ripley. Missile drop kick. Dra- Jax tries, comes in, you know, to splash and stop the cover. So <laughs> Ripley just moves and Jax splashes her partner. They like, just can't coexist. Nikki goes up top, does a huge crossbody uh, to the outside on Nia Jax. Rhea Ripley hits a riptide on Shayna Baszler. One, two, three. Big old hug. We are getting another. Oh, what an odd couple tag team. I said to Andy this morning, I think there's more odd couple tag teams in WWE than there are just regular tag teams now.
0: Well, That's been the case for quite some time. Quick thoughts on the match. I'm getting very hungry at this point. Um, <laughs> I liked it. I think some of the action was good. I, I was at this point. I don't usually do this, but I succumbed to the double speed thing. I was like, I'm not watching this. I was like, this match is hot. And then I slowed it down. I was like, oh no. That's actually still pretty good, this. Yeah, it was good so, stuff. The thing about Nikki S.H. is that Nikki Cross can really go. Um, and the thing about Rhea Ripley is that she would be a mega star. I was going to say in AEW, they don't deserve that praise because they don't do enough for the women's division. But she'd be more of a star in AEW than she would in WWE. They love her. They pop for everything she does. Her top rope missile dropkick looks amazing. Mm. People love Rhea Ripley. After the way she's been booked for the past two years, that should and will not tell them. Oh, she probably like really book her as a star, like right? make an actual effort because people love her despite our incompetence. Like Christ, it's a shame. What up? I'm numb to everything, but genuinely, I feel a little bit of ah oh, mm. when I watch Rio Ripley perform because I've got an imagination. I don't have to think. Oh, was solid. No complaints. I have got an imagination. I know what it's like. And she could actually be one. So it is a bit of a shame. Solid raw, no complaints. They didn't change it up a little bit,
1: actually. Uh, Ray Ripley's a good wrestler. Pass it on. <laughs> uh, Morrison's in the back. He says, Me and Ms. are done. No more Ms. TV. No more dirt sheets. No more music videos. But he's going to end this. Sige, write this down. He's going to end this next week. That's it. That double-crossing son of a bitch when he gets in the ring. He's going to end it next week. I'll bet it doesn't end next week.
0: Well, there's extreme rules in there. How do you build a match? Promos? creative angles? Hooks? No, a match. that ends without a finish because you've got to finish. Right, we'll move on. I'm going to do like 10-second takes and everything
1: else. We're nearly there. I mean, it's I'm the Arcade Pro celebration now. Riddle. Is over like Rover. He got a huge reaction coming out. He uh, runs down the history of RK Bro and then winning the tag titles with his best bro Randy Orton, who comes out can't do the can't do the pose on the turnbuckle because balloons. So uh, Riddle gets Mike Rome to introduce them as the new Raw Tag Team Champions. The fireworks go off. The crowd cheer. The crowd the really loud chant of RK oh, okay, Bro. And Riddle said, look, my friendship with you, Randy, is important. I've got you a gift. We we all knew where this was going. He got him his own scooter. It's got tassels. And Riddle showed Randy Orton how to open and close the scooter when AJ Styles comes out to ruin everything. Subsequently, I don't know whether Omos just missed his cue or whatever. He came out eventually. Uh, Styles said... Uh, Hey, almost. There's a new scooter you can break. Notice Randy Orton didn't get you a gift, Riddle. Not even a plant. What you doing, smoking that, Bill? Uh, <laughs> he said, I've got <laughs> a gift. What type of that, Bill? <laughs> he, he said, I've got a gift for you, Riddle. Uh, a phenomenal forearm to wipe the stupid smile off your face. Uh, he said he wants to whoop Riddle's ass over and over until they get themselves a title rematch. And Riddle accepts it. And he said, I'm going to win using the three most dangerous letters in sports entertainment, RK, bro. Why does that make me laugh every time he says it? Because they go,
0: I've got an an answer to this. Because this has been the case, despite having a host of writers, the number of which has ranged and increased, in fact, in recent years, from about like 20 to 25 to 40. You could assign a writer to each storyline or character and put in effort. Since the days of John Cena, Vince McMahon has literally only given a toss about what's on top. CM Punk said this on The Art of Wrestling. We see bountiful evidence of it with Roman Reigns on SmackDown. Finally, on Raw, they are big time into RK, bro. And it's not my kind of preferred storytelling, but by WWE standards, like this is good. They like crafting it. They are putting in the hours to actually do little details that pop people. Like the balloons thing.
1: That's inspired. Sorry, go on. Well, then we got a match, which, I mean, it's Riddle versus AJ Styles. Of course, it's going to be spectacular. Uh, there was a bit with Riddle. I mean, we're not used to seeing, like, you know, shows of strength from Riddle. Shout out to Styles. Riddle goes for a triangle choke, and Styles just lifts him up and carries him over to the ropes. Uh, and then later on, I love that bit where he's on the turnbuckle and does... Like a backflip DDT thing. It always DDT
0: DDT's class.
1: Oh, it looks so good every time he does it. And I always neglect to mention it. He hit a gut buster. He got two-count off it. Uh Riddle blocks a phenomenal forearm attempt, but styles puts him in the calf crusher. You mentioned this the other week with Riddle. Well, he's oh, got to get to the rope. The crowd is so behind him. Um he uh Riddle counters into a bro mission. Styles gets into a cover. Riddle hits a knee strike, goes up top, and then Omos just walks near him, basically. So that allows Styles to knock him down. Orton goes after him, but Omos just hoys him to one side. AJ Styles looks like he's setting up for a Styles clash, but he's distracted because Randy Orton grabs his new scooter and just twats big-jawed with it as much as he can. That allows Riddle to recover. Hit Styles with a knee strike. Bro Derek, one, two, three. Riddle celebrates. Orton gets in. He's jazzed as well. Styles gets up. Orton just turns around, throws the belt to Riddle, catches it. Orton RKO's AJ Styles. And the two poses the show ends. And yeah, they are beloved by the people in San Diego. I thought, a great conclusion to this week's show.
0: It was a loud conclusion. As I said, it's not really my kind of thing, but... I'm telling you, man, deliberate geeks, on-purpose geeks instead of geeks they think are cool. It's the way forward. It's working for them. The match was worked to a high standard, not like a blistering epic TV match, Mm. but, you know, the work's always going to be pretty great considering these two are involved. The problem is I saw the exact same one last week. I'm desensitized to it. And instead of selling his knee this time, Riddle sold his thigh from the amount of air and hamstrings from all those kicks that AJ did to set up the calf crochet, It's I saw it last week I can't possibly be that asked, no matter how objectively pretty great the work was this ends it it won't end it but <laughs> RK bro have defeated now AJ Styles and Omos in tag and singles competition where are the other tag teams it's Vince McMahon it's like a dog chasing a tail like He's got one thing on his mind, and it's RK, bro. Not their opponent, mm-hmm. not subsequent angles, but, like,
1: so ends Raw. I think you'll find we saw the War Raiders offering Logan Paul a T-shirt backstage, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Monday <laughs> Night Raw in the books. It's the longest time until we have to review it again next week, So Enjoy this moment. we
0: we'll have to watch NXT, so it's not good yet this week.
1: Well, let us know your thoughts on Monday Night Raw on Twitter at What Culture WWE. I well, say you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. And make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcast from, for daily wrestling podcasts. We've got the NXT preview coming later on today. How much are they subscribing? Leave us a five star review on iTunes, just like Jimmy Pierce. Attempted to, but it sent me an email. But you know, the thought was there for the five star review review. Leave us a five star review on iTunes, suggest something short, crap, and wrestling related for us to review instead of a god awful Monday night Raw segment. But for now, this has been the Raw Review. My thanks to Michael Sidwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon.